Welcome to Megan's Bookish Life, a podcast where literary meets lifestyle. Hi, Lauren. Welcome back to Megan's Bookish Life podcast. Hi, thank you for having me again. (laughs) So this is your third time on the podcast, so I'm just going to keep saying welcome back. Like, normally I say, like, (laughs) welcome to, but no, welcome back is for Lauren Asher. It's like our third date already. Oh, my God. What are we on? Are we on, like, getting Italian um, at a favorite restaurant? Italian was the first date for me. If you don't take me to Italian, there's no second. (laughs) My parents always told me, never get ribs on a date. And literally, I would never eat ribs in general. Like, it's in front of people. We're going Italian. We're going Italian. You know, I feel like there's something about the ambiance. I mean, I love Italian. So if you don't, I mean, I'll do, like, also, you know, a good chicken dish. Like, if you... I love like a rotisserie chicken, like a slow baked. Are no. you like a rotisserie Costco chicken girly? I've actually never tried the Costco rotisserie chicken. Have I? I might have. Where <laughs> did I get it from? I think I got it from. Our no, local store have. has one. Okay. So I've had that one, but um, I never had a Costco membership. I've been to one. It's fine. Yeah. I just get very overwhelmed in mm-hmm. such a large space. I like very quick shopping like like in and out I got my tires done at Costco because um your girl had a flat tire didn't know about I waited two hours it was like a random I think Sunday morning there were so many people it was like Black Friday but it's every day at Costco oh yeah have you ever seen their gas lines oof yes Mm. I feel like I'm driving in Chicago in their parking lot (laughs) and that's terrifying (laughs) Every time, every time I get my eyebrows done, it's in the same plaza that has um, a Costco. So every time I get stuck in the gas line and I'm not trying to get gas, like I'm just trying to exit the Costco line. So I, I'm, I'm you well need aware. like a sign saying like, I'm not getting gas. Let me through. Yes, because people can get upset. And I'm like, I swear. And I get, you know, I'm an anxious driver. So there we go. OK, this is why I love having you on. OK. So our last episode together was yes. in May of this year, which is weird because I think the first one was January, then May. All in one year, 2023. Love, what a great year for us. Tell us what you've been up to. Like, I heard a rumor that you released a book, too. I don't know if that's true. You heard a rumor. The rumor the rumor mill is is true. I'm actually writing the next book in that series as we speak. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But yeah. what have I been up to since May? I wrote a book and then published it, even though I started a little bit earlier than May. Because it takes a long time. I would say it takes me about, I never know how long. Every time I say like eight months, it feels like eight months. And then someone's like, no, Lauren, it was definitely less time than that. (laughs) But I went traveling a bit. I went to London. So that was fun. And I went to a few other places like in Europe. And it was my first time. I had never done like an international flight or, you know, spent time in another country like that. So it was fabulous. And what else have I been up to since May? I feel like that's it. Like, that's the, that's my go-to talking point at parties. (laughs) You're probably not a huge One Direction fan. Is that correct? Oh, no. Like, I liked their Made in the AM album. But you just reminded me that I went to an Ed Sheeran concert. So, but no. Why? They're just both British. Why are you bringing (laughs) up? Okay. Because you asked what I did since May. And I was like, oh, Oh. I went to a concert. (laughs) Okay. I thought you meant like, okay. I love that. I love Ed Sheeran. No, no, no. But But, did you know that Ed Sheeran wrote, I think, a song for One Direction? So that also is a point. And Harry Styles. 
No, I absolutely love him. That's why I'm like shaking in my boots. So anyway, London randomly has like one direction thing. Someone went to London recently and they said they had like a Harry Styles and One Direction painted plate. There was a, a shelf of plates. It was One Direction and then behind it was like the Queen and Prince Charles, like plates. Wow. So One Direction takes takes like, precedent against the Queen and Prince Charles. King Charles now. Um yeah, he's a king. But I wondered Respect if you saw One Direction stuff. I would have like since you might buy honestly, it. I didn't really go into a lot of stores in London. It was funny because I didn't do like a lot of sh- shopping period in Europe, mainly because I overpacked like crazy. There were no options to to add any belongings. I actually had to ship back like some of the gifts that readers gave me in a small box. That way I didn't have to carry it around and, and risk it getting damaged or anything. So that was the scope of what I, I was like, I'm not even going into stores. We're drawing the line. That was me in New York. I literally was like, I'm going to pack an outfit for every hour. And then when I wanted to bring things home, I was like, "Hmm, which outfit can I leave at the hotel? (laughs) You're like, I packed way too much. And what am I supposed to do? Because now you're overpacked and every airline has different like rules. Um, Like if you're on a smaller domestic airline there, they're like, ma'am, you overpack like 12, I don't even know what it is, kgs there or something. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, how do I get rid of this? <laughs> I literally like, let me just carry it. Is that okay? Like, this I is did, my stuff. I was wearing like three sweaters. It's hot. I'm wearing sweaters. We're packing our like carry-on bags. We're just opening up our luggage in the middle of the airport, like a chaotic mess, trying to like, I guess, um, allocate it more appropriately. It worked though. But when they told me they were like, it'll be like 40 euros if you keep it this weight, I'm like, I'm pardon, on pardon. <laughs> That's how they get you. That's how they get you. They know you were there for souvenirs, and then they they, they just they get knew. you. They knew. They're like, Lauren, you you can't shop. I'm sorry. And I said, okay. So. Speaking of, by the way, you had a signing there, right? Where did you have a signing? Yes. Um, at a Waterstones there. Okay. In like one of the malls, the one of the nicest malls I've ever been to, by the way. It's called Westfield. I can't remember what the other part of Westfield was because we have Westfields here, obviously. Yeah. But it was it was just amazing maybe it was white city i think that's the name they even had a like a security guard which had never happened to me before (laughs) a security guard for you like personally yeah Yeah. he was so tall the man was like a tree and i'm just so tiny and i had like boots on so it helped a little bit but he shows up and he's like so like i'm here to just you know make sure everything's okay today and i was like what do you mean it's gonna be my readers are super nice and they were they were very calm but it was kind of like one of my readers had taken a video and I showed it to my whole family. I was like, look <laughs> at this tall man who's guarding me. So how do you feel about someone getting paid to watch over you? I feel so honored. Like that. Well, one, I was honored. I was very confused at first. And he said that he does like, he's part of the mall, like that. Oh. If they have someone that does come, I was like, whoa, obviously that did not happen again. Like I've had, I had another signing after, which is totally fine. Cause everyone is very calm and kind and, it was more of like a funny moment for me uh, and like a good memory. Cause when I got there, I was like, okay, I'm never forgetting this signing for multitude of reasons, like first international one, whatever. And then I'm like, you can see him in the background guarding and just like, he also helped with the line. So there was that. Um, we love and him. then, yeah, I've done a few signings since like, since we talked, I had only done one. And now I did like a big convention, like book bonanza. Great time. 
I hope you go one time. You need to. You need to just get a ticket. And then um, I did that one in London. And then I did two in one in New York and one in Connecticut, just literally what, like a week and a half ago. You were taking every single thing out of my mouth. I love this for us. <laughs> so the Connecticut yes. one, the line was so long. I mean, that's because I saw pictures mm-hmm. of it. It could be long lines everywhere. But when I see pictures of you and readers, you always have like a huge smile on your face. And so there's nothing but kind words I've seen like on Instagram. I don't go on TikTok, but probably on TikTok too. When people meet you, like I met Lauren Asher and she was so nice. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it must make you feel good, you know? Um, But behind the scenes, how were your signings? I know you were signing novice, like you haven't had tons of, how do you feel about now? I feel like my anxiety has definitely decreased the more I do. The first one I did had like a Q&A panel and the um, person running the Q&A, she was fabulous. Like she made me so comfortable, but I was still nervous. And same thing with Book Bonanza. Like I was like excited, but I was like, wow, this this is a lot of people. So then London, you know, with traveling, I still had that, but I started getting more comfortable with myself. And then once New York and Connecticut came, I just felt like in the groove. You know, I'm the type of person like I'm nervous, but I'm still I'm so caught up in everyone else that I forget about it, which is good, right? That's what you want to feel. And so it makes me happy when people are like she she's so sweet or she took her time. Because in my head I'm not sure how much time is passing and I want everyone to feel like they had a good amount of, you know, opportunity to speak with me and whatnot. So I feel like I could be there for hours on end and be totally fine. When you were at Book Bonanza, my friend Maddie came to mm-hmm. meet you, the famous Maddie. And then she, yes, yeah. And then she like showed me, like I was on FaceTime. Maddie was not the first person that you met that day because there was tons of them, but you still had a smile on your face. Lauren, you killed it. Oh, thank you. I do. It's genuine, by the way. It's not like I'm like, oh, my gosh, because they're like, are you is your hand hurting? Are you good? And I'm like, I'm fine. I did have caffeine that definitely. And I didn't know, like, uh, I had a refresher drink and they said, oh, it has some caffeine. And I was like, fabulous. If it gets me pumped, because, you know, I do get a little hungry sometimes, especially if it's like at an odd hour. (laughs) But everyone's amazing all the readers make the whole process worth it make the travel the nerves before you know I'm a little nervous but they it just all goes away once they're there and I and I see them smiling it's it's the one of the best parts and it makes me so happy that I showed my face and and came out in that way and and was comfortable to do events this is so egotistical but I'm going to ask you this <laughs> people are there for you like, people are there because they like what you do. Like, how freaking wild is that? Like, you have made it. Like, you've made it for a long time ago. That is what I need in my life. How do I get there? How do you it feel? Is, it is wild. Because I see tags or I talk to people and it's it doesn't feel real until you go to these events and you're like, wow, someone flew from Ohio, I think, was one of the places or a different state to come meet me just for however many minutes. Um, I think sometimes people would, they would hear my close family, they would hear people be like, she's so nice or whatever. And they were like, they were happy. They would share that with me and, you know, it felt good. (laughs) Before we get into the good bookish stuff, Mm -hmm. I asked, this is my first time doing this. I asked readers to ask you questions for the episode. This was my like instructions. I said, they can ask about any book of yours or something they would like to know. I received over a hundred questions. Wow. And I was like, okay, I love this, but give me some time. There were a ton 
of questions about the Dirty Air series. And not to put you on the spot, but we have not done a spoiler episode for Dirty Air. But if you ever want to come on and we'll do it. But <laughs> there was that. But It's been out for a while. So the spoilers are just, they're out just there. Know, I'm going to ask you some questions okay. that I really, that I really enjoy. Okay. First question. Here we go. This question is from Zoe's Library underscore on Instagram. Is there a trope you like to read but think you'll never use in your own books? Ooh. I would say Faded Mates. It's one of my favorite tropes to read. But since I don't write fantasy at this time and I don't foresee myself because I enjoy it so much, I don't want to go into that um, because I want to enjoy it for me. I would say that's the trope that I, I just love to read. I It's often one of my Kindle search words. I put mate because I want to spoil it for myself. Like, how long in the book are they going to find out? That way I know it's, you know, I have trust issues. So I just love that trope. I actually anticipated this answer because really? I was going to ask. Yeah, I was going to ask you <laughs> and say, when is your alien book coming out? <laughs> They're so fun, like fantasy, sci-fi. I just love them. And I'll DM the authors and be like, I'm so excited for the next book. Or I've read it and I'm dying, Um, you know, your cliffhanger. I, I'm always reaching out to the authors that I enjoy reading because it's it's a pleasure thing for me. I don't think I would write it, but, you know, you I will never say never. That is why Justin Bieber made that song. Exactly. Just for me. So I can play it over and over again when I forget. Never say never. <laughs> there you go. Many people have asked this next question, but I'm going to pick the wording from, I think it's Via's Bookstagram on okay. Instagram. Do you ever incorporate your own life experiences with these characters that you write? What's the quote? Like, art imitates life. I don't think that everything, you know, one, I'm not, a, you know, spoiler warning. Um, I'm not a billionaire. So, I mean. <laughs> but I think with certain struggles that characters go through, either a like I can resonate with it or I can I know people that resonate with it. Like it's just been in my life in some way. I'm not going to say every character because those that I haven't, I research and try my best to connect with people that do have that experience. But I would say that that's where like character development and character qualities can come from for example if my characters have anxiety there's a lot of different types of anxiety one but maybe one of my anxieties can be reflected in them or other people that I know or things that I've just experienced in life but everyone has can experience a whole variety of depression um anxiety and things like that traumas like there's just a lot people sometimes say write what you know but sometimes it's that's harder than freaking fiction yeah, well, I think write what you know could be also write what you've researched, write what you know people that experience. I, I think that there's a lot of care that can go into things as well to make it something that you know, um, because not everyone goes through the same types of experiences. Like in Redeemed, uh, the main character goes through a very life-altering event, and I personally haven't experienced that life-altering event, but... I really wanted to make sure that I could get it across and um, I guess like navigate it as carefully as possible. So there's so many things. The next question is from Belinda. I so love Belinda. Again. Hi, Belinda. <laughs> Belinda from Bandini Babes Facebook group asked, what is your favorite writing spot? I like this question. That's a good one because I could have the best writing set up in my office, 
but I will wake up every morning and write on my kitchen island in, in a chair that is not ergonomic at all. And I get some of my best writing done always at a kitchen island. So one, whenever I have a house, it must have a kitchen island. Two, I will invest in much more comfier chairs. The ones from Target I have, they get the job done. But, <laughs> you know, by, they only go like halfway up my back. So definitely isn't the most ideal. But I just work my best there. I have like space. No one's bothering me yet. I'm having my coffee. For me, I recently realized for editing podcasts and things like that, mm-hmm. I can't do it at home or I'll be distracted. It could oh. be in my bedroom. It could be downstairs. So I have to get out of the house. I have to go to Starbucks and listen to their Taylor Swift playlist. Um, What do they play? Ever? Evermore? <sighs> On repeat. Oh, good album. Actually, I'm, I liked it. It's okay. So it's funny that you say that because... Yeah. When I went to New York, I knew I had to write that week and I could barely do anything. I need to be like in my area, in my comfort zone to be able to like crank out the words. We have oh another one from Bandini Babes. So Jody from the Facebook group is asking Jody. the t- we love this. I love I know I know them all. <laughs> the Bandini. Perfect. She's asking the tough questions, but I want to know okay. this one too. How do you come up with your titles, like book titles or things like clever pizza places or flower shops? How do you how do you think of these? So let's start with the book titles. It's very difficult because like with Love Redesigned, I wrote that one and I got feedback that were like, oh, I don't know how I feel about it from um, other individuals. And I was like, oh, no, I was very sold on it because of the whole redesign element and it's like they're redesigning their love but um it eventually once the title and everything clicked and people read it they were like oh that makes sense but then the next book in the series I hadn't come up with the title until I already started writing it so often I need to be in the zone of writing the book before I title it which is one of the reasons why I rarely like two books away have a title so there isn't a book like there is not a title for book three because I'm just not sure what it'll be and the same thing happened with uh, the Dreamland Billionaires. I knew the fine print right away. And then Terms and Conditions came while I was writing it. And I wrote like this like quote and I was like, oh, Terms and Conditions. But then Final Offer used to be called Full Disclosure when I was doing contracts and everything for it. I know because it's going to be like Full Disclosure. It's like a secret, right? And you're like expressing it. But then Final Offer, once I had the plot of the book and I started writing it, I was, I was like, that's the title. So... And then Wrecked and Redeemed were the most easy in that series. Like, Throttled made sense. You know, the F1 world collided. I was like, because they they knocked together and whatnot. So just, like, it's when I'm writing. That's the long story short. And then with titles for uh, things in the fictional world, sometimes when I'm writing the draft, I don't title. I'm like, Pizza Shop or The Coffee Place. And then once I'm kind of thinking and I'm in that mood of, coming up with names like you want a pizza me I was like okay great I mean Rosenthorn is like simple but the other ones I had a little fun trying to come up with names when I was reading I was like how did she do this what an icon (laughs) I just sit there it might be a day that I'm like I'm just gonna name the stores and that's what I do that day I often think of an idea of something so for example bars right they have different terms and and things that they use in a bar last call is often set in a bar when it's the last call for the drinks for the night. So I was like, there we go. 
the last question from a reader, which okay. actually, I love her. So, uh, Maddie, here we go. She actually asked a really good question, and okay. I was shook. What has been your Roman Empire book of 2023? Okay, so I feel like there's two series that I really loved. And again, they're going to be fantasy related because that's what I read. But there's an author named Penelope Black. And I believe the series is like the Broken Kingdom series. It's about three books. The first book is about one couple. The next book is about that same couple and another couple in this fantasy world. And then the third book is about the first two couples plus another. Like it just was a lot of intrigue, including the political fantasy elements. So I was like invested and I could not stop reading those. And I was sad when they were done. And then I recommended it to a bunch of my friends. So that series. And then one other one is A Court This Cruel and Lovely. It's like the Kingdom of Lies series by Stasia Stark. And that's another one I've been recommending to people. I'm like, okay, if you like fantasy and you're in the mood, it ends on a cliffhanger. So, but now there's three books out. I had to wait for book three. Are any of those with like mythical creatures? What do you mean? Like dragons? Like ogres and stuff. Oh, no, not in those. There's dragons in the first series. I can do dragons. Like, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Those aren't. Those are just like fae. I guess mythical creatures of like one, one, the second series, the Stasia Stark one, that one has fae and like half fae and like it, there's a magic system. And then the first one has like dragons and stuff. I can do that. No ogres. I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw you in like that. I mean, I, I read them. Monster romance is a trope that I enjoy reading as well. But I... I, my favorite standout series of this year have been like fantasy related. I think they're just like so much like world building and I it's an escape. Since you write romance, like it's nice to have something opposite. Yeah, there's still romance. I can't read. Uh, my family was asking me the other day, like, oh, do you read other things? And I said, unless as romance as either a very heavy subplot or the main plot of the fantasy and then everything else is kind of happening, then I can't read it. Lauren loves love. I love love. And if you don't give me love, then um, I don't think I've read like a non-love book since I was in school. (laughs) And I think this is why um, romance authors sometimes, one of the things that they just, they love having a happy ending and they love that level of predictability. I love it too. So you know, in a fantasy world, right? Go through all of these like crazy life circumstances to get to the happy ending. Okay, you talk me into it. I'll read it. <laughs> Let's talk about the big stuff. Let's talk about Love Redesigned, your brand okay. new book. So it's part of the Lakefront Billionaire series, and this yes. is the first book in the series. Yes. Readers loved it. I loved it. It's a bestseller. Lauren, how do you do it? <laughs> no, that's not the question. Um, <laughs> How long have you had this book idea, though, like the series idea? Was it swimming in your head during writing any other of your books? It began to swim. It formed in my head when I was writing Final Offer. I did not think that I was going to write a like small town billionaire romance series. It just kind of once I was writing about this town, I was like, well, I'm having fun here. You know, Final Offer has a lot of small town elements, but it wasn't like I'm going to dive you in to it. So I was like, oh, and then I introduced two characters in Final Offer, Lorenzo and Julian. And everyone who read Final Offer is like, Lorenzo's next. I know he's next. And then I had this whole idea forming after I finished of Julian and his 
why is he so grumpy? Like, why does he answer Cal? And he's just like, not talkative at all. Versus Lorenzo's like, you know, let's pray. I don't find out about love and everything. So that's kind of how it formed. I was like, what's the backstory behind this? And there it went. Are you a person who always has like characters in your mind? Like when you wrote this, like I know you said Julian Lorenzo, but for Julian and Dahlia and all that stuff, did you think of them after the plot? So I think the characters evolve as I'm writing the story. They have some general strengths and weaknesses. And then as I'm going, I'm like, okay, how do we build? And I start talking about them. For example, my significant other, like real people. We're just having conversations of, well, he made this decision about this and you know, it's kind of disappointing because he has these issues or like his father passed away and that's why he's so um, withdrawn and he had to go sacrifice things for his family and he never really processed that grief. Like I just talk about them so much that I feel like they start really becoming these people in my life that you would hear me talking about them like in the car and be like, oh my gosh, what's going on next? So I feel like they are real people, but they really evolve as I'm like progressing in the story and then I go back and add more and as I'm just getting to know them and they live there forever by the way they never leave your head or the book my head (laughs) which is a good thing because we want more books which is why I could write like a bonus scene from the canes like they're just so clear in my head and they have their own voice that it's not that hard with the lakefront Mm -hmm. billionaires this is a weird question. This is swimming in my head. Um, okay. Lake Wisteria. Mm-hmm. That's not real, correct? No, it's made okay. up. Do you want to know you... how I came up with the names? Girl, you got me. What the Wait, heck but you don't, you don't like Taylor Swift? Eh? <laughs> well, a lot of my readers do. Yes, so, correct. Um, I, li- I listened a lot while writing Final Offer to the Lakes, which is a song by her from the Folklore album. And it mentions, like, where Wisteria grows. So that's where, like, if people listen to that song, that's where the name came from. Evermore, I listened to at Starbucks, and I super liked, was it No Nobody, No Crime? That's a good one. That's but good you one. can't really write that in, like, a fictional romance world. unless. No, but I do love dark romance. <laughs> Girl. I'm reading one right now. <laughs> so everyone is dying to know. Mm-hmm. Um, about lakefront billionaires. Can you spill the tea? And if you can't, understandable, I respect you still. How many books are the lakefront billionaires going to have? Yes. At this time, it's it's another trilogy. At this time. I will never say never, but I do have a very clear vision for all three books. Obviously, one already came out, but the next two, and I know who they're going to be about. Um, so, yeah. I like three. I feel like three is good, too. Yeah. Four, I can still I still enjoy. But even with three, I'm kind of like by the third one. I'm like, okay, so how am I going to like change things up? Spice it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Final Offer and Redeem, they both were a bit different than the other books in the series. And it's because I'm wanting to challenge myself and maybe change things up a bit. This is my second question of that question, but Mm -hmm. you answered it. I just said, like, (laughs) do you ever plan for a certain amount of books to write in series and change it? I will say with authoring, it's interesting because, for example, since I have the Bloom deal and like Piakis, which is Little Brown for the UK and everything, um, like I'm slotted for a certain amount, right? So 
I know that I agreed to three books and that's what my contract says. I'm sure maybe I went to them and said, you know what, there's this character that's speaking to me. And that's the thing. I don't announce it because, for example, there could be a character right in book two. And maybe I could go back and say, you know, I think that maybe they deserve their own story. But for now, I just I know I know who it is. And I don't want to push myself to do too many either. Because sometimes I feel I feel intimidated by that. So I can't imagine as a reader how if I said like, I don't know, eight to ten books, it's a lot. (laughs) It's also harder. I understand people, especially if you become attached and you want other stories, you want to read more. Sometimes it's harder. Like I was so intimidated by coming out with a new series after Dreamland. Because I feel as if so many people found me that way and they love the Kane brothers. And I was just in my head a lot about Lakefront and wondering, would people still pick it up? Am I only, are they only interested in that from me? So, you know, I feel happy that it was well received so far. Okay. My question says surprise time. It's not a question, (laughs) but here we go. You know, I always try to surprise you with something each episode we have together. Although the first one, I don't think I was prepared. So with with a surprise. So the second one was Ruby Dixon. Very proud of that one. So I was doing some research because I'm good at that. I came across your 2023 What I Love Things on your website. Oh. Yeah. Good one, right? Something came to me and I looked for the right email address for like a heck of a long time. I finally found it. I emailed the person and now here is a love note to you from Allie Hazelwood, the author of Love Theoretically. (laughs) Are you ready for this? You're joking. I'm not joking. I'm how good am I? Okay, so here we go. This is amazing. I would, It hasn't even started, and I'm like... She says, Dear Lauren, I'm totally fangirling right now. I'm such a fan of yours, and I'm so honored and starstruck that you like love theoretically. Terms and Conditions is a forever fave of mine, and I, I cannot wait for your new series and love redesigned. Please let me know if you're ever in Texas so I can shower you with my love and admiration in person. If not, I really hope we can get to meet at a con and hang out soon. Love, Allie. Love, theoretically. <laughs> That's such a good surprise. Are you serious? I didn't even know she read my books. You That's do a now. Surprise. I know. Uh, I saw that she was in Miami and I DM'd her. Because I was like, I'm going to take, I'm going to shoot my shot. I would love to just like meet her. I'm a fan of her books. I loved the love hypothesis. That's a tongue twister. And I love theoretically. And it was crazy because we had the same release day. So I DM'd her and I was like, oh, if you want to grab coffee. She answered the DM and then I missed it because it just, I didn't check. Like I checked that earlier that day and she hadn't answered. I'm like, ah, oh, she, she's so busy. So this is such a good surprise. I have to DM her. This was my second surprise that didn't happen, so don't be excited. Um, <laughs> she she came recently to a Barnes & Noble, kind of like maybe an hour and a half away from my house. And okay. I was like, oh, my God, I'm ready for it. Like, I'm going to get Lauren a signed book. Right away, she was sold out. Sold out of tickets no. to go. So you didn't get a signed book. <laughs> but I tried so hard for you. So I'm like, I, I'm hoping she loves this as it is. I do. Do you know, if you want to hear a funny story, so, of course, like, I really enjoy Ali's books. Uh, I know that she's coming out with one in February, and it's a paranormal book, and you know who loves paranormal here. So, I didn't want to ask for an arc because I was so nervous. (laughs) 
And then I just tell my agent one day, I'm like, I really want to read this book. And it took me six weeks to ask because I just, I didn't want to be that person. <laughs> so I, I got an arc. I haven't read it yet. When Allie Hazelwood does a paranormal, we say yes and please and thank you. That's on my like Goodreads to read too. And like, I'm not a paranormal girly, but I can be for Allie Hazelwood. I'm proud of you. I mean, I feel like, I, I mean, I haven't read it, but I feel like it's going to be a very great book. And I just love the elements, vampires versus werewolves. Can you ask for more? No, you no. can't. And, you know, it just the cover is amazing. I'm fangirling over this. I, I truly, this is a shock. And the fact that Terms and Conditions was a favorite, that makes me giggle. Because I just came up at a signing in Connecticut. I'm now calling Declan Kane lovers the Declan Defenders. Because Declan, people either love him or they hate him. I've learned there's like no in between. <laughs> so now they're Declan defenders. I didn't know this. People don't like Declan. Oh my gosh! Some people think he's really mean. Mm. Which is totally valid. He's yeah. he's very mean sometimes. Um, but I I didn't realize some people don't like him until sometimes people tell me. <laughs> they're like, by the way, this character you wrote. <laughs> Or if they get if I get tagged on Instagram or something, then I'd be like, loved Iris Declan. Like, are you okay? And I'm like, that he makes goes sense. to therapy, everybody. He does. He's he's improving. I'm glad that Allie Hazelwood loves you. I can't believe this. I honestly didn't even think she really knew who I was. <laughs> I literally printed it out. I, I'm so shocked. This truly is an amazing surprise because that's impressive that you you got that done thank you you're I, incredible say it again you're incredible thank you you're amazing oh my god 10 out of 10 yelp review yes you're you're truly an investigative journalist you know that's some of my favorite stuff to watch on youtube is like people that do investigative journalism on different they, subjects you mean like crime documentary kind of things no. Okay, I, I did watch one about, I watched a lot of random things on YouTube, but one in particular I watched was about the McDonald's ice cream machines and the whole issue behind that. And there, I watched a like hour long documentary on YouTube discussing why they're always broken. Is there That's an answer? Example. Yes, there is. I watched it a while ago, but basically McDonald's only allows you to get certain machines, right? Because it's a franchise. So these machines always break. So you have to hire the company that owns the machine to send out a guy to go fix the machine. And like, they have to be checked every certain amount. Of the, it's, it's a whole thing. I can't even summarize an hour. It sounds conspiracy theory-esque, but I promise. That's the thing because what happened one time, I went to McDonald's by my house and I wanted an ice cream cone. Okay, give me, mm-hmm. give me a break. Of course. I went and I said in the speaker thing, the young kid was like, what can I get for you? And I was like, um, is your ice cream machine working? Just in case it's not. And so he was like, uh, yeah. I'm like, don't question me. Like, this is a thing. Like, no. it's not always working. Like, he's, he's Remember like, the trust issues? That's where they start. It's like, you never know if the machine's going to work. So that's like one episode I watched. I just recently watched one on ghost kitchens. And that was fascinating. Listen, that wording I've, just gets me. Ghost Kitchen, if you put, like, the truth behind Ghost Kitchens into YouTube, there's going to be a video that pops up, and it probably has, like, a million views, and highly recommend, because I learned a lot. The more you know. I just, I'm into that. I love learning 
about a lot of different things, whether it's like something that I would have thought I'd be interested in or not. I just click on it and I watch it. So, you know, it could be about tipping culture or about um, like the ghost kitchens or like Black Friday and the decline of it. I love also like the company man on YouTube. He talks a lot about the rise and fall of certain businesses. So you never know what will inspire another story. That's the thing. You never know. You're getting my gears grinding in a good way. <laughs> Wait, gears yeah. turning. That's better. Listen, I mess up. Um, I think they're called idioms. And yep. I always text my editor when I mess things up because it's funny. One time I put in terms and conditions. You know how Declan proposes in a Tom Ford suit? The joke with my editor that has never gone away is that I originally wrote he proposed like in a Henry Ford suit. You're close. So close. I've never lived that one down. <laughs> when I got my good. edits back and I saw Henry Ford, I just lost it. <laughs> it's funny to see like how I mess things up because I'm so in the zone and I know what I knew what I meant. So I have to ask this because I ask everyone. Mm-hmm. Besides writing books, yeah. what is next for Lauren Asher? And have you finally tried iced coffee? Oh, yes, I've tried iced coffee. I have. And guess what? I like it. In certain contexts, I know. I tried it um, as well in, when I went to visit family in Orlando. And I got a, I believe, a honey latte. And it was very oh, good. So it kind of put me on the track because it was the middle of summer. And I wasn't about to go have a hot drink, um, even though I enjoy them. But if I'm walking around, please, I, I, I understand the hype now. What's next for Lauren Asher? It's funny. It's not that funny. I always say that. Is it really that funny, Lauren? Uh, Lauren the person. That's how sometimes my family references me. They're like, Lauren the person versus Lauren the author. Lauren the person has now eight plants. Um, She's working on finding now a Christmas tree for her apartment. The year before, I wasn't able to have like a tree because... There wasn't a lot of time. We had moved in December into here. And now I'm going to get a tree. So that's next on my agenda. As far as personal things, I feel like I want to get a hobby. <laughs> I know you're like, what? Well, I see people doing crochet. I tried to pick back knitting back up again, but I don't feel like I had the right needles. They were a bit discouraging for me. Either they were too thin and it was bothering my fingers or they were too large. So I'm trying to pick knitting back up again. I bought the supplies. But then this is the thing. I When I'm done writing a book, so I was done writing Final Offer, I'm like, I'm going to knit. And I have less than a month before I'm then like, I need to write. So <laughs> it's not a lot of time to master a craft. But I feel like that's kind of what's up for me. It's like growing my plants a bit because right here. The readers can't see, but this one's not doing too hot. Um, okay. Yeah. The readers, the listeners, that's what I meant. You cool. know, so this one, this is, this one's dying. So I could be down to seven very soon. One of them I had to unpot and like, it was finally time to repot it. And when I repotted it, it, it had four different like babies. Was that a spider plant? A snake plant. I don't know I, if they're the same. The spider plant, we have it at my house. Mm-hmm. It. It grows babies like like it's no tomorrow. There's like 17 of them. I'm like, mom, cut them off. She's like, no, those are the babies. I'm like, okay. Yeah, they're, it's, I mean, I have a lot of them. I feel like, um, you know, they're just, they're just growing. I water them. When I go on trips, I think about them. 
you know, making sure I water them before. I feel like what's next for me next year, I'm also going to be traveling a bit. I don't have everything planned out, but I'm excited for, I guess, like stepping out of my comfort zone a bit more. Are you doing signings? Or are you doing it for um, like leisure? For sure, for signings. I feel like I haven't planned my leisure trips yet. Um, so that's the only thing because I want to go to Europe again, but for a signing and for maybe multiple and they have really cool conventions there, especially with rare. So I've been wanting to maybe do that, but it depends on my scheduling. And if I would have to go to Europe again in 2025, cause that would be a lot of, um, traveling and I'm just getting more used to and accustomed to traveling like that, especially after COVID. So for sure, I have two signings already planned in 2024. And I'm doing uh, Sweetgrass. One of them hasn't been announced, but the other one is Sweetgrass. And that's in Charleston. And I've never been. That's going to be fun. It looks cute. Yeah. So, and I'm meeting different people that I haven't met before. But, like, Elsie Silver is one of them. So, I'm excited to meet her um, and spend some time together. So, those are the signings I have planned so far. But I want to do at least two, like, bigger events in addition to the smaller private ones. So, I'm on the hunt for one. Haven't decided yet. Okay. Yeah. This is a loaded question. Do you have anything to say to me? Do you have any questions? Do you have any what? Tell me anything. Let me throw this one on me. I'm like, who was one of your favorite guests that you've interviewed so far this year? Good question. And you can't say me. That's a cheat. How do you know I was going to say you? (laughs) You know what? I really enjoyed, as an author, I really enjoyed um, Tijan. Yeah. yeah, so cool. her her and I, we recorded an episode, I think, last month, and I released mm-hmm. it because she had a new book out. I absolutely love her. She's in a state, like, vacationing for a little bit, and my friend lives around there, and, like, I think they're going to meet up and, like, wow. do conservation stuff together, like, volunteer work. And I'm like, oh, my God. So she's That's actually so really cool. fun. We laugh a lot. That's awesome. She was someone I read a really long time ago. Maybe I've read some of her more recent stuff. Actually. Like, I have to think. I just don't read contemporary a lot now that I start writing. But sometimes for me, especially with COVID, I'm like, oh, it was a long time ago. And then I look up when the book came out and I'm like, Lauren, you clown. It came out in like 2017. Like, that's not that long when you come to think of it. Just feels like forever for you. Time seems to be this abstract concept in my head because a book will feel like it came out in 2012 to me. And then I look at the release date and I'm like, no, that's so not true. So I don't know. It's just very strange because I'll be like, I read that in college for sure. And then I'm like, I guess not. (laughs) I'm going to tell you some life advice. The older you get, the more time passes by. Like it goes so fast. When I was going over kind of this year's wrap up and I told my significant other, I was like, yeah, the signing, you know, my face reveal was in February. He was like, this last February? And I was like, yeah. And he said, I felt like last year. And I said, I know it has. This year has been an incredible year, but it's also gone by. It feels slow and fast and just a roller coaster. Lauren Asher, you make my life. Thank you for coming on Megan's Bookish Life podcast again. Thank you for having me, Megan. I can't wait till the next time. I'll just say, you know, till the next time. That's how much that. better. We're we're manifesting this. I know, because it'll happen. Thank you for listening to Megan's Bookish Life Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.